Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Park for May on the Ginger's Perspective. It's the first one of 2017 and MotoGP is finally back. After four months, we witnessed an incredible race in Qatar, the LaSalle circuit, and uh, it's just whet the appetite for what is going to be a fantastic season ahead. Joining me, as always, is the editor of Ride Fast magazine, Rob Portman. Rob, let's start off before we get to the nitty-gritty of the MotoGP and Maverick Vinales doing so well on his debut on Yamaha. Brad Binder found the going a bit tough in Moto2, but still, it's awesome to see the former Moto3 world champion in Moto2 making the step up, isn't it? It is, yes. And, um, you know, this year's going to be a huge learning curve for Brad. He's had a tough start to the season, obviously with the injury that he was he was out for 12 weeks. So I think he missed three tests that all the other guys did. Um, so didn't get enough testing time, didn't get the testing that he wanted. It's a new team as well. So apart from Brad... You know, climbing into a new category for the first time. It's a new team with a new bike, so they're still learning a lot as well. Um, but Brad has said that he commends his teammate Miguel Oliveira for doing a great job at developing the bike because the change from the first time Brad tested the bike at the end of last year to now, he says, is you know, like worlds apart. So big up to Oliveira who had a very impressive performance, finishing fourth. So. The, the, the bikes there, the capability of the teams there, you know, it's just about Brad getting comfortable now. I know Brad said he battled the whole weekend with, with especially front-end setup. So uh, a little bit of work in that to do, obviously, with the weather and qualifying being cancelled and Brad having to start from 22nd um, position on the grid, you know. So just, it wasn't the, the best debut for him. Things just didn't line up, but at the end of the day, he finished. He really just wanted to finish. He did that. He accomplished that, and it's all about taking what he learned um, be good or bad and just putting it into the next race and that's exactly what he's going to do yeah his brother Darren obviously was involved in Moto3 I mean it's just awesome to see South African riders and I mean Brad dominated the headlines but Darren's also a special rider with massive talent and he's on a new bike isn't he yeah Darren's uh, same team um, that he was in last year um, but on KTM's this year so a good move there for Darren had a had a good uh, pre-season testing, um, set some really good times, got good race setup. Again, in Qatar, just got caught out. You know, They spent all the practice sessions just trying everything from top to bottom. So when qualifying was cancelled, um, you know, where he was really going to stick it in and, and I was feeling confident to get at least the top 15 in qualifying, then landed up starting 27th on the grid. So to come through the field in Moto3 is not easy, but... Uh, Darren did a great job. He came through and coming to the line, I think he was in 11th place. Unfortunately, he just got slipstreamed and, and finished down in 12th or 13th, I think. So good points in the bag. I mean, Darren last year in Qatar was nowhere. His teammates had a good ride up in 7th or 8th and only a second off the leaders. And Darren as well finished only 12, 13 seconds off the leaders. So, you know, big things to come from that team and from Darren. So definitely want to watch out for Darren. Also, just said he was a little bit disappointed, didn't get the same track time that he wanted and unfortunately with the qualifying that's um, been cancelled but very happy with the bike very happy with the team and confident that uh, he can be running t- top 10 sooner rather than later oh, it's going to be a fascinating season it's still early doors 
I mean, we head over to Argentina in two weeks' time or less than two weeks' time. So a lot can still happen in that time. And the season only ends in November. So we've got a very long way to go. But let's start off with what was a very frustrating start to the MotoGP season because we had all sorts of weather. Uh, there was a turn where you could see the riders going out wide. But eventually when it started, Zarco, Johan Zarco looked like he had the race in the bag. He was opening up. And then a silly little error that just shows the margin of error in this sport. And he was out of the race. It was so painful to watch because this guy looked amazing. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected Zarka to do that. But I think with the track conditions and everyone, you know, especially the established guys going to the championship, the Rossis, the Vinales, you know, the Marquez, they were kind of forced to take it easy at the beginning to learn the track conditions where a guy like Zarka... You know, he knows he's not going to be a championship contender towards the end of the year. Again, it's about him doing as best as he can, learning the new class, learning the new bike. So he put all his cards out there and went for it and was looking really comfortable and really impressive. I mean, it's, he looked like an established rider and unfortunately just getting caught out. I'm not sure what actually happened. It didn't look like he did anything really wrong. But like you said, the margin for error is so small in MotoGP and he went down. But... Watch out for Zarko. He's definitely one that's going to be ruffling a few tail feathers this year. And his teammate as well, Jonas Folger, the, the Tech 3 rider, you know, they were both running consistently top six, seven throughout practice and everything. So, and Folger at one stage was down in like 17th or 18th place and came through to finish 10th. So, watch out for those two rookies. They, they really did impress. Uh, Alex Rins, also a very impressive ride, first time out in the MotoGP class in the Suzuki. He finished uh, ninth. Lorenzo had not. Not the debut he would have won. No. You know, Lorenzo got a decent start, but you know when when things when, when it's back against the wall stuff for Lorenzo, I don't know if he's got the uh, the mentality to fight through. You know, all Lorenzo's wins have kind of been you know leading from the front, good start, and off he goes. When he's got to fight through the field, man, I don't think he he has the grit just yet. But still getting comfortable with the bike. His only problem is that Qatar is a good track for the Ducati, so. If you can't break top 10 at a good track for the Ducati, when they get to the bad tracks, you kind of have to worry about him. On the other hand, though, a guy like Andrea Dovizioso just showed with his smooth riding style on that track that Ducati's top line speed was absolutely unbelievable. It actually looked like he was going to, to see off the challenge from Maverick Vinales. Dovizioso second for the third consecutive year. He must be going, what must I do to win this race? Yeah, no, it was it was incredible though to to see Vinales. I mean, at one stage he was two two seconds off the leaders. He just dropped back, you know, towards middle of the race, and it was all kind of tactics. I mean, it's just such a mature head for such a young rider, and what an incredible ride. I mean, it was it was hard not to put your money on Vinales uh, because of the the, the preseason testing and and the testing at Qatar. He was so fast then. He was coming through and he was bringing Rossi with him and you thought, here we go, you know, this is really going to be an epic finish. And you thought once he got past Davizioso, he was going to drop him. But big up to Davizioso, he rode his heart out and the wheels off that soft rear Michelin tire that he fitted. But, uh, you know, the Ducati just uh, just lacked that little bit towards the end of the race. But I don't even think it was really Ducati or Davizioso. I think it was just that Vinales was so good. And, you know, Maverick has got to be the, the favorite for this season. The guy... Like Marquez must be sitting there scratching their head and thinking, well, you know, I don't have to, I've got to, I've got to worry about Rossi. I've got to worry about Pedrosa and, uh, and Lorenzo's and that. But, you know, what the heck am I going to do about Vinales? Because this kid 
just seems unstoppable at the moment. Yeah, it was, you can actually see Marquez after the race, as soon as he finished, talking to his like team going, he didn't quite have that. You could see he was clearly like big question marks, wasn't quite sure what was going on because he was lonely in fourth. I mean, they left him in fourth, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And I see he came out at the end and said, you know, he had been using the hard point tire for most of the weekend. And because of the conditions and the shortened race um, down from 25 left to 20, they went for the medium front option. And um, it's, it's just a big mistake for Marquez and the team. And I don't know why they do it. You know, at that level, you shouldn't be making those mistakes because they know Marquez is very hard on front tires and front end. He likes to brake late and hard into the turns. And the medium tire just can't handle it. You know, it's just too soft. It squidges. It, it folds under the pressure. So, you know, really their own doing. You, they can't blame anyone else but themselves for that silly mistake. But uh, Marquez, yeah, not happy after that first race. But he knows it's not one of his favorite tracks. It's not a good track for Honda. I mean, Pedrosa finished just behind him, so he also struggled. But it was just great to see the mixture of riders in the top ten with like a Spargo just behind the two Ducatis on the Aprilia. What a ride that was. It was a great in, ride. Uh, in sixth place. Then you had Jack Miller up there. You had, you know, we spoke about Alex Renz. Yeah, Noni was up there, but unfortunately crashing out again. So, oh man, it's just going to be a nice GP season. I think definitely going to have the established guys, the Rossies, the Mikes, and the Vignales fighting out front week in, week out. But there's definitely going to be some other riders like the Zarcos, the Folgers, Possibly Lorenzo's, obviously Davizios, you can't cut out, count out, but uh, we're definitely going to have more winners than anything else again this year and podium finishes as well. It's going to be a cracking season. Before we wrap it up, Rob, uh, I love Valentino Rossi's comment afterwards where he said, I wouldn't have bet money on me finishing on the podium this weekend. And I mean, f- fair enough, Zarco crashing out. Uh, Iannone crashing I know that racing line is what a meter wide and and it is a tricky track when it when the surface is so dusty and wet but Rossi showed his maturity showed the class of this guy I mean we all know we're massive fans but I mean nine world champion uh, world titles this is a world champion who just showed his class on the day he really is the greatest of all time to do that at 38 years old it's just incredible but it just shows that he's like you said, he's got the experience. He can adapt to different conditions. And that's what made, you know, Vignales and Davizioso's ride really good is that they adapted to conditions. They didn't just, um, you know, go guns blazing at the beginning and run out of steam at the end. They really did plan their race. They knew they had 20 laps and they, you know, they played the conditions perfectly almost. So, but Rossi, oh man, what can you say about him? Uh, he's, he's just incredible. And you can see uh, Vignales has already learned so much from him and, and Rossi's sitting there knowing that he's got a lot of competition and scratching his head on how to, to beat Vignales and that, but he's going to be there throughout the whole season. You know he's going to be there to pick up the pieces if if anyone does um, fall out. or you know, Rossi, if there's a chance to be taken, he's going to take it. So for the titles, you know, we all would love to see him take that 10th title and it would just be a dream for everyone. But I don't know... If he's quite got it, I think Vignales and Marquez have to be the favourites, but Rossi certainly is going to be there throughout the whole season and, and just show what a, what a class act he is uh, once again. Last one from me, Rob. Is this potentially his last season in MotoGP? Because I saw him with a Moto2 Moto race. Uh, he was there. He was getting all excited about Morbidelli coming through and winning with that VR46. Is that maybe where his attention's going to go after this season? Yeah. I think so, you know, I think MotoGP, um, I was at Ridgeway Race Bar watching the racing live and 
people were going absolutely crazy every time Vinales made a move. So I think people are kind of preparing for, for like, you know, MotoGP without Rossi, and at least they've got the likes of Vinales to shout for. So, and Rossi, you know, while all the other riders were getting ready and focusing, and that Rossi was like, you know, the boss running around, congratulating all these riders, making sure they were okay. So, I would like to believe that Rossi maybe has another year or two maybe left in him, but it's, 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 it's hard to kind of see, you know. It, it all depends Rossi, you know. If he's still hungry enough, which he is at the moment, or if he's still determined enough, which he is at the moment, come the end of the year, then, then why not sign another year? But, you know, he's got so many things going on in the background with his clothing range and all the race teams, the young riders. He's doing so much for the sport that, you know, we'll, we'll definitely not... Um, never see Rossi involved in the sport, but I think, yeah, Rossi's time and actually racing a MotoGP, I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be, but for now, we just got to enjoy another season of, of the of the Doctor and the greatest of all time and just appreciate what he's done. Yeah, he is, he is the icon for motorcycling, isn't he? What's up uh, in Ride Fast magazine? What can we look forward to? What's in the latest uh, issue? Yeah, the March issue is currently out and we've got uh, the Phillip Island testing that happened just before the race. Um, uh, where Vignal is dominated as well. We've got so many world launches and world exclusives of the latest and greatest bikes. And then in the April issue, which will be out in two weeks' time, we'll have obviously the MotoGP, we'll have Brad's exclusive race column, so he'll tell us everything behind the scenes that happened, as well as Darren's. So, uh, yeah, always a good read, uh, the best read in South Africa by far. So get your copy and just enjoy a great magazine. Ride Fast magazine out countrywide at all good retailers. Get your copies now, and I can't wait to uh, get that insight from Brad Binder going forward. Rob, thanks for your time. Remember to catch us on iTunes as well as on cliffcentral.com and on cs2plusc.co.za. It's been Park for May. We'll catch you again next time.